I am Daniel Lucas, and welcome to Music 101. Music 101 is created to empower music itself and legendary music icon in the industry. And today I have my special guest. He's the author of the book Moments in Time. No other than Mr. Tom Lapp. Good day. Hi, Daniel. Hello, Mr. Luck. And can you please introduce yourself to Music 101 listeners? I'd be happy to. Again, my name is Tom Locke. I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, on the west coast of Canada. And I'm here today to talk with, with Daniel about music. And uh, in particular, as it leads into um, the book I wrote, my legacy book on music called Moments in Time which is basically stories about artists and songs of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And they're for fans of music from me, a music fan. And I think one of the things that happened uh, for me is in my professional career, uh, my escape, if you will, after day-to-day work, even though I was in the entertainment industry, was music. Something I could lean back and listen to at my leisure and maybe doing and other things, but also helped me to unwind. In doing so, what has really happened is that I was able to share my feelings about music because I know they're similar to other people out there in the marketplace. And over the last oh, 23 plus years, I started writing little five minute segments on the background of some of the great music that we've listened to from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Mr. Lux, can you define music to us? <laughs> music, I think, is uh, an expression I've often used is theater of the mind. They're, they're melodies and, and lyrics that capture us in some ways. And the beauty of it is certain music people are drawn to more so than others. Some people are very eclectic in that they like all types of music. Just that sound in the background, whatever it may be, is uh, a, a great feeling. It's, it becomes part of their day. Uh, when I was growing up, the big thing that we had in our household, the biggest appliance, was the radio. And from the radio, aside from getting news, weather, and sports, it was music. So music sort of became a part of us. Uh, we sort of took it in, if you will, by osmosis. We may be doing it in other things, but we had that background. We had that music. We had that kinship, if you will, with others in listening to the same stuff. So, Mr. Like, if you define the music of the 50s, what is it? Well, that's a great question. And Daniel... I think what, what's happened, the music of the, the 50s, when it came in and we went into this evolution, if you will, of rock and roll, there was a number of things going on. Uh, thanks to radio and hearing all these uh, pieces out there, it motivated young teenagers to not only start 
playing or experimenting with music based on what they had heard in the past and combining things such as gospel and rhythm and blues and, and jazz together to make a new sound for them. And this new group, we first started coining the word teenager. And I wouldn't say it was rebellious, but it was people that identified with themselves in, in, a, in a different way. And music was an outlet for them. And they became uh, a big force in the development of music today. And so we had a what was called a, a cultural shift where the music wasn't the same that we grew up in the family. It was an off, offshoot of that, something that appealed more to the teenager. And that was the impetus. That was sort of the start of, of, of music uh, in, in the 50s. And it, it's, it's a fascinating time because it was also a, a great opportunity for um, what I would call records that weren't mainstream, such as R&B artists by a lot of black artists. All of a sudden, they started getting recognized mainstream by the whole population, thanks to the teenagers black or white, wanting to hear their sound. So it was fascinating, just a very, very fascinating time. Definitely. If 50s is fascinating, how about 60s? Well, it's interesting because um, um, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. The 60s was just uh, ongoing. So here we had the, the birth of rock and roll, and now rock and roll is growing up. So as it's growing up, other people have listened to the music of the 50s and prior to that they start doing their own things good example let's use a good example here are the Beatles now the Beatles helped <laughs> it's going to sound strange helped America North America rediscover their roots of rock and roll because a lot of the Beatle records were remakes of popular songs from the 50s um, Good example is rock and roll music, which is originally done by Chuck Berry. The Beatles embraced it and started doing it, as did uh, and other groups. So they were the they became uh, the the new wave, if you will. But it was all based on what they were influenced by when they were kids growing up and listening to the radio. That be interesting, Mr. Lag. So. 50s music is are fascinating. 60s are the eras of rock and roll. How about 70s? Well, the 70s, then we started again. So more and more evolution, more and more breaking off. We we ended up with um, uh, a spinoff of, of uh, we, soul music becomes big. Started in the mid to late 60s. It became big. Then a spinoff of that was something called funk music, which is really sort of down... Different type beat, different type tempo, but it met the criteria of the crowd. We then more morphed into stuff like disco music, if you recall, became a huge, huge uh, piece. And at the same time as that was going on, we had something, a new category was put out where the songs were a little more mellower and it would become like contemporary music. Today, some of the music from the late 70s now is often referred to as yacht music stuff you would hear on cruises the um or oh, the jimmy buffets of this world and they morphed out of that too and of course let's not forget 
but during the 60s and, and ongoing was this whole folk rock uh, area too. So all of a sudden these these different branches, these different tributaries, if you will, emanating from uh, you know the, the driving force of the 50s music, the 60s start to happen in the 70s. So and and all of a sudden there's there's music for 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 everyone. You know you you, you may like this, you, you may like that, but there was something there for everyone. Definitely. So let's do summarize. 50s is fascinating. 60s is rock and roll. 70s is discos. And 80s is for what, Mr. Log? Well, 80s is, is, is kind of an interesting thing because the, if you listen to some of the songs in the 80s, it was a, a little uh, retro. I, I, I call it, I, I um, <laughs> often music is um is 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 electrifying i i i really think uh also what generated from from that era of time um performances um uh, groups on on stage it was more than just a song it, it was you know really happening um with these groups um going forward i i, I can think of groups at the top of my head like cool and the gang uh doing stuff where they're People, they weren't just singing a song, but they were, they were entertaining uh, first and foremost. And so you you got a lot, even a lot more sophistication. Um, some some people believe that it, it may have been a little bit over the top because the uh, the improvement, I'll call it, in electronics allowed us to do things like synthesizing and fine tuning and overdubbing and creating a sound that is was almost a, a little superficial or, uh, or supernatural even in some aspects but people in, in, enjoyed it it got out of you know doing something in a garage or something in a, in a formal studio with one two three four or more takes to get that specific sound very well said, Mr. Locke. But before we go on, I want to shout out to my top 10 countries listening to Music 101. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Because in Canada, number one, I get 40% audience share. United States at 38 Brazil at 2%. United Kingdom at 2%. Australia at 2%. The Philippines at 1%. Chile at 1%. Peru at 1% and Mexico at 1%. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower music itself and legendary icon in the music industry. So, Mr. Like Moments in Time, stories about artists and songs of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, for fans of music. So tell us the difference of the music of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Wow. The differences. Well, I, I think what really got got really going, especially in the in the late 50s, and that um, instruments um, really started to play uh, a part. Uh, guitars obviously were, were big. And then we got into using the using of uh, organs, and and then uh, electronically in the studios we get to the we got to the use of um, you know synthesizers and, and and stuff like that. So we just added to the sound. There was more components 
out there as we went down down the line uh the the work required in the background for producing any song be it in the 50s 60s or 70s um was incredible but new wave and technology made made them or allowed them if you will to um do and other things i i would say the as as things got going was the sound fuller eh, perhaps but i think that also uh, is debatable based on the artists and and what was um, being heard or what was being played uh i i also believe that and the, the music that lasts will be will endure decades there are a number of songs that maybe started out in the 50s and you still hear them today in the, in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and onward because it, it has passed the test of time and a good song will always do that now the arrangement of the song may be different and be a little more sophisticated and that's even that was debatable but it's there i'm i'm a somewhat of a purist if you will i really enjoy the the original uh, versions of, uh, of, of songs um where they came from and how they started out but i'm also quite impressed on on how people could hear that and then rearrange them and they could become hits again and i think that's a wonderful thing and that's a tribute to to the music uh, from these times very well said, Mr. Like Talk. If you compare now the music of the 50s and 60s and 70s at the present day, what are the big difference? Oh boy, the big difference is uh well, one thing has remained. <laughs> Some things that's the same, okay? Uh as a kid growing up, and if it, those out there, your listeners have ever watched American Bandstand with Dick Clark, they would come in and they would rate records. You know, they put on, and he did this through the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Here's one thing that came across. And he said, it's got a good beat and you could dance to it. And that drives the teenagers. So that stuff has remained. And not to say that there, there there's not other types of music, but when you, you get into the those classic things that attraction to the, the teenager down the line. I think Dick Clark's show uh, said it all. Now, differences, the differences I think have been the maturity of new uh, areas. Um, like, okay, we have folk music, we have funk music, and then a spinoff of all those down the line in soul. Then we, and we got in today's thing, we got into rap music and that's all uh, a child of you will of these um, previous type of genres so these genres just keep you know um, morphing if you will uh out there in the, in the marketplace so it, you you can't sort of you know put this this and this it doesn't work that way now with with music it's sometimes hard to put something in a certain uh, genre moving forward but that's that's all part of evolution Yes, so let's talk about evolution. Nowadays, that on primetime TV, we have a lot of uh, uh, TV shows promoting music, like, let's say, uh, American Idol, uh, what mm -hmm. else? So what can you say about those uh, innovation? Well, I, I think we're 
it, it rather a, a spin-off of for me back in the early 80s uh i don't know if you recall but mtv came out music television and they started you know showing groups you know like the the videos you know music videos became large and all of a sudden there was a craving people loved to watch that interaction with with, with groups then people realized hey geez we've got some old shows on film transfer them over to tape we get them on the video hey people are watching these things and, and loving these clips so then again music being what it is and so many wonder wonderful voices out there in, in the marketplace there's a craving for people to listen to music now when you watch a show like american idol or america's got talent uh, for example what i find fascinating is their ability to take uh, a great song and have you relive it i think that some of the people singing are great moreover and more interesting to me in the last few years the number of people that have turned around and written their own stuff and took that chance if you will when they're presenting be it on america got talent um or uh, american idol to sing their original version uh, or their original uh, composition that has been a, a revolutionary change uh, recently recently to, to support my claim on america's got talent a young up-and-coming country and western singer came out he's set up in nashville looking to get his break america's got talent was going to be the way for him he went on the show took the risk if you will instead of doing a standard classic country song he sang a song that he had originally written and produced the next day that song was in the top 10 on the country charts. Wow. That's so amazing. Can, it is something. So you can really appreciate why people do that. Now, is this new? Well, let me take you back a bit to the 50s. There was a show in the 50s called The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. Okay. It came out in the mid 50s. It was actually a continuation of a radio show they had for a number of years. Ozzy and Harriet Nelson had two young boys who followed them on the show. The older boy was named David, and there was a young boy by the name of Ricky. Yes, the Ricky Nelson, who gave us all these wonderful songs like Mary Lou, Traveling Man, It's Late, etc. Now, Ozzy, the father, was a very smart man. And what he would do in the show, towards the end of the show, or he'd tie it into the show, there'd be a dance going on in the show, or what, whatever they it could do, Ricky would sing a new song that had been written for him. The next day, that song's being gobbled up in all the stores that people are going out and buying the 45s, and it's on the charts. So songs don't change. That be interesting, Mr. Like. So, what are your biggest musical influence and why? Well, that that's interesting. Uh, I I think the <laughs> it's going to sound strange. Um, one of my biggest musical influences that really started it all, believe it or not, was my parents. 
and their willingness to listen to all kinds of music. So I got a, a bit of a what's called an eclectic background in, in listening to music as I was growing up in the 50s and 60s. So there's an influencer because it was through them and the radio stations they played. That's the type of song that I songs that I gravitated to. So that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of other people may may say the same thing. And then you go to school and your friends at school and some of them really got into music. Oh, you got to hear this record. You got to hear this. You got to hear that. You go to these dances and then, and then the music starts to come out. But then I started, you know, down the line as I really got into the music and say, what artists or what type of music really got my attention? Now, today you'll hear a phrase out there, uh, doo-wop. And what it really is, it's vocal harmony or what I call street corner harmony, where you get four or five voices, uh, voices together singing in a beautiful uh, way uh, in, with different ranges from uh, a soprano or an ultra soprano, a tenor, uh, all the way up to a bass person singing together. And that became a big fixation, especially in the northern New, uh, New York area around New York City and that uh, people singing in the subways, trying to get their own sound. So a group came out of there uh, called Dion and the Belmonts. And I just loved the way they sang. They sang new stuff, but they could also sing old stuff and make it sound new again to me as a teenager. So I became a big fan of, of that type uh, of music. And I still listen to it today. Oh, that's interesting, Mr. Lag. Can you talk about significant challenges you face in your music? Sure. Uh, I think one of the bigger challenges that was faced in the music, uh, I'll, I'll, let's talk this on a macro level as opposed to a personal level. And that is, I have to take my hat off to the DJs back in the 50s, uh, who are often been referred to, by the way, as the midwives of rock and roll. Here are guys going on stations and really listening to their listeners as to what they wanted to hear and took the risk of playing songs for the teenagers, be it if they were black or white, didn't matter to them, it was colorless, but playing music they wanted to hear. Now, that upset a few station managers and that, and a few of these DJs got fired over the year, but they played the music they wanted to hear. It was a big Big hindrance. There was concern even from the church that was this was devil's music and should not be played. And, and in other cases, oh, you know, uh, race became a, a challenge in this. But they persevered. They moved forward because it was all about the teenager and, and a sound that wasn't going away. So there was a lot at stake for these guys. And there's a number of DJs out there going back to the days of the great Alan Freed and that who risked it all in order to play the music that uh, the teenagers wanted to hear. So I take my hat off, off to them. Today, um, it, it's, you know, I don't call them a risk. Let's, I call it challenges today for new artists in the, the marketplace. There's so much out there. Uh, and it's tough to get your song on a radio station. But it's not tough to 
grab your own YouTube channel, try to create up something through uh, social media and move forward to get your yourself heard in the marketplace. Now, whether it a goal, well, there's a couple of things. There's the sophistication of social media. Um, a good song will sell if it's heard in the right markets. And you know what, Daniel, and a lot of guys will tell you that in the history of music, a little bit of luck never hurt anybody. Where I've scratched my head over the years, but I understand more now, hearing some of the old songs or pulling them out from the 50s and 60s and seeing that or regional songs that never made it nationally and hearing them and going, this is a wonderful song. Why did it not make it? Why wasn't it big? Well, the truth in the matter is because there wasn't a lot of money for promotion. There's all these little small record labels recording people, but they didn't have any money to promote the record. And as great as Elvis was, and he was fantastic, don't get me wrong, fantastic. But Elvis had a guy by the name of Colonel Tom Parker, who was his promoter. And Colonel Tom was really a deciding difference in getting Elvis out into the marketplace. Not every group or singer back then through the 50s or 60s had a, a Tom Parker, you know, in their corner. Definitely. Also, Mr. Like, how do you hope music impact listeners or contributes to the broader music landscape? Okay. Well, I'm going to step back a bit and talk about the, you know, when I started writing all these five minute pieces, you know, in the marketplace. And then um, a couple of years back during COVID, okay, during COVID, I had somebody get home and said, you know, Tom, we've been bugging you for a while. You should put some of these in a, in a book. And what motivated me was because people like to smile. You know, people like to feel happy. Music is great at doing that. So that was my motivator to put this in a book format. I was also sensitive to the fact that one thing that we've picked up as we've gone on in the 80s and 90s is you, you have a short attention span. So we've got this, how can we wrap around something in five minutes and give people full satisfaction. So that's what motivated me to go forwards because I know people like, give me that five minute, you know, hit, <laughs> if you will, during during the day and, and, and to make me, you know, feel better or something I can hum, you know, for the rest of the day. So that's what motivated me to, to uh, write this stuff because I think the impact on people is music is a part of who they are. Very well said, Mr. Like, and let's talk about your book, Moments in Time. Well, let's talk maybe about how the format is, because it gets back to what I was saying before. So conscious of the fact that it is, I wanted to write the stories in an entertaining way. My challenge was, because I've written over a thousand of these, was taking 120 of these, put them in the book, for people to listen to, but wanting to, you know, listen to, oh yeah, I know that song. The book's not about me. It's about the listeners and the songs that they grew up with that were impactful. So, and I appreciate people's time in the in, in the market today. So 
my whole approach was, hey, how can I design it in such a way that people would be interested? When I first came up with the idea some 35 years ago, my idea was somebody driving to work in the morning, okay? And a guy would come on and tell a little story about a song or an artist. And then it would break to the commercial. During the commercial, the person that was listening to it as they're driving going, well, who is he talking about? Or what song is he talking about? Then after the commercial break, the guy would come back on, tell the rest of the story, and then play the song. So my thing was, how can I do that in a book? So in drafting the book and putting it together, all my stories are only two pages. The first page gives you the teaser, or you're wondering, what is he talking about? Then as you turn the page over, I give you the rest of the story and fill you in and finish with the song. To get full completion, because it's not on radio, you're reading it, in the bottom left-hand corner, there's a QR code. You just take your smartphone camera, put it over that, give it a click, and that guides you to hear the song you just read about. Wow, interesting, Mr. Luck. And according to Dave, fond memories of the music of my youth. Wow, they reminisce. Something else that you created, Mr. Luck. So can you please invite our listeners to buy your Moments in Time? Sure, and thank you. Well, my book, uh, Moments in Time, can be bought on Amazon. It's on Amazon Worldwide, so you can get it there. But I also have my own website, and it's um, for Moments in Time, and it's MIT Stories, all one word, dot com. That's MIT, which is short for Moments in Time, obviously. So MIT Stories dot com. And you can go on that site. Also, if you go on that site, you'll see you can subscribe to my free newsletter as I send out once a week a little moment in time that makes your day, hopefully, or makes your week. I send them out every Monday. So I'm welcome to that too. But uh, there you go. And I, I hope um, that we hear from some of the listeners. And feel free, my email address is simply Tom Locke, all one word, that's T-O-M-L-O-C-K-E at MITstories.com. Love to hear from them. Definitely, let's support Mr. Tom Luck because if you support him, more more books to come or music to come. So, Mr. Luck, what are your future plans or projects in the world of music? Well, uh, it's interesting. Remember, I was talking a little bit um, before uh, as it relates to the uh, the DJs. So, I have um, um, put together. I'm I'm executive producing. Um, a movie and a, talking about the evolution of rock and roll through the eyes of the DJ. Uh, the risks that they took, which I you know, talked about previously, the cultural changes that were going on and the impact that movie mu music has had during that period of time. And what's fascinating about these gentlemen and ladies that I want to talk to from about uh, in, in the, from the 50s is that Regionally, they were huge in their own little region. Like for here, people in Vancouver will know Red Robinson, a legend, a legend. And one of the early guys who stuck his neck out to play this type of music. So 
And there's a number of them throughout North America that we talk to. Now, why I say regionally, if I said Red Robinson's name to somebody in Chicago or New York, they wouldn't know who I'm talking about. Same token, if I said a name like Porky Chedwick, name is probably foreign to you, a DJ out of Pittsburgh, he is a legend in Pittsburgh. Porky has since passed, sadly, as has Red. But these guys, what they did was phenomenal. Their story needs to be told because thanks to these guys, the music that I got to write about the book was happened because they played it. So this is my whole approach. So it's it's talking about the, the evolution of rock and roll through the eyes or the lens of these um, D DJs. So we, we call uh, risk takers, great risk takers, but midwives of rock and roll. That'd be awesome, Mr. Lug, and good luck for your upcoming project. Thank you for your time. My pleasure, Daniel. Always good talking with you, sir. Morning, people. See you soon. Yeah.